0: it's a crossover wednesday here in the locked on podcast network alex clancy bo brock locked on cardinals brad bear modder from locked on rams both of these teams are in ruts right now um one is temporary and one has been for the last you know seven or eight games i'll let you decide which one is which brad bear modder what the hell is going on in la with jared goff he's He's one of the lowest-ranked quarterbacks over the last couple weeks. They've given up the most points in the NFL over the last six weeks. What is going on out there?
1: Oh, my goodness. If I had to answer that, uh, I'd be calling Sean McVay right now and telling him to get it together because you're right, there's a little bit of hitting some panic buttons out here you know two losses in a row both on prime time i think we're just excited not to be on sunday night football which is kind of weird thought you're typically that's what you're looking for but uh we haven't had so much luck jared goff that offensive line's been playing really poor our defense has been there at times but they're still giving up points and a lot on the ground so there's a lot of things to figure out and you're right these two teams both fighting, but you wouldn't expect that coming into the game. And I've talked about all week. I'm really hoping that this is kind of the, the confidence boost that we need, you know, moving forward. And, you know, as we look going down to Arizona, you guys, you know, a couple of weeks ago went into green Bay and, and fought really hard and got a win. Uh, not so impressive last week uh, in Atlanta. What type of team is, are the Rams coming down to see this week? Cause we could use a win.
2: I mean, this is a decimated team. Morale is at an all-time low. Uh, this is going to be a get right game this is that's the that's the theme of the cardinals outside of the green bay packers i think a lot of people underestimated how uh how big of a mess green bay was at the time i mean it ended up being the end of the mike mccarthy era because they just didn't come ready to play and somehow the cardinals were able to pull that out i don't expect arizona to be in this contest much at all i mean it might be like it was in LA where they hung tough for about the first quarter. And once the second quarter began, it was all Rams from there. And that's kind of been the tone of the entire season. So I would expect this to be a very uh, easy contest for the Rams to really get themselves back on track. I I, I don't see any scenario where this patchwork offensive line made from, you know, being kept together from Scotch tape and Elmer's glue is going to be able to match in and Sue, Aaron Donald, uh, the pass rush that the Rams feature, and then, of course, the secondary. I mean, they're covering guys that are that don't belong in the NFL outside of Larry Fitzgerald. So this is going to be an easy matchup for the Rams. There's really – I really, really, really don't want people to think that there is some sort of upset brewing here in the desert. Yeah,
0: this is a far cry from uh, Minnesota going into Buffalo and getting caught with their pants down. I mean, this is – what happened last week is what should have happened the week before in Green Bay and – we we will see a trend where what they lose by what well, they lose by 26, I think to Atlanta 40 to 14 is that the final score? It's going to be more. Here. Yeah, I mean it's just going to be. This is every time it's both. everything both said is right, and the writing is on the wall. To use the the cliche with with the front office and the head coaching staff that they don't know what the hell they're doing, and the first 15 plays of the game scripted. Great, they scored a touchdown on the first drive against. Uh, the Chargers in L.A., they scored a uh, touchdown on the first drive in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and then that was pretty much it for the rest of the game for both of those games, so I, I this is going to be a problem, and especially if Todd Gurley plays and he wants to instill his dominance, this is by far the best running back they will see this year because he's probably the best running back in the game, and uh, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal.
1: Well, you guys are allowed on the podcast anytime with that. uh, all those positive (laughs) words. (laughs) We need them right now out here. Everyone's in panic mode. Um, There's thoughts of, you know, what are we really going to do down in Arizona? Because right now what we've seen is, you know, a lackluster offense. And you talked about your patchwork up on the O-line and, you know, trying to hold against you know sue and donald and we're sitting over here going well i would hope so because all you have to the game plan really is written on the wall it's throw three or four guys at aaron donald and the rest of our lines really not going to do anything so we're really hoping for a big game from you know the the likes of sue and brockers and fowler all those other guys that need to step it up because we've seen in the past couple weeks if it's not aaron donald it tends to be nobody right now so i know they got a lot of pressure on them and we talked about this on lockdown rams as far as You know, our our next two games are Arizona Cardinals and then the 49ers. So the two bottom teams in the league teams that you should sweep when you're, you know, have 11 wins and you've clinched the division a couple weeks ago. So it's going to be an interesting game in a weird way. Like you said, you you expect a big blowout in a sense. And you've got a lot of fans that I don't think would typically, you know, watch this game as closely that are now just going to be glued to the TV and judging every moment because. I talked about it yesterday. I said, like, kind of like you're saying, is I think this is something that Jared Goff and his offense needs to go in and just kind of say, hey, let's throw the ball up, let's go down the field, let's make this team make plays and beat us, and not so worry about ourselves beating, um, you know, the Rams because that's kind of what they've done in the last couple weeks. And uh, you mentioned Larry Fitzgerald, and I just I got to get this out of the way because I'm, I'm just curious on your thoughts of. You know, what he's done this season. And is this the last season? And do you think if it is, should it have been a couple of years ago? I mean, you feel good about where he's going out with the Cardinals? <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, you were so close,
0: and, uh, Brad. You were so close, Bear.
1: Look,
2: I mean, Larry <laughs> Fitzgerald told the show that Alex is on uh, weekdays here on Fox Sports 9 10 Phoenix that, uh, you know, the 8 and 8 season last year left a bitter taste in his mouth. What's this going to, a potential three win season going to leave? You you know his contract is up after this season. He'll be a free agent. Uh, There's always the possibility that the Cardinals can give him a very lucrative contract based on you know what his production has been. He's he's a Pro Bowl alternate. That might be just kind of a uh, one of those nods to Larry Fitzgerald. You know his his career kind of speaks for itself. 600 yards receiving, six touchdowns on the season. Just hasn't seen the targets from just. Sam Bradford and and Josh Rosen, who's been trying to acclimate to the NFL. Does he want to come back and and maybe take some more lumps? I mean, he's certainly done it over the entire course of his 15-year career. I I don't envision him going and and signing anywhere else. I mean, Minnesota, that's always going to come up into the conversation. But as far as – I think Larry Fitzgerald probably comes back next season. I don't think – there's not as much conversation about it. It's been under the radar we could have started this conversation weeks ago. It really hasn't been there. So I think all parties believe that Larry Fitzgerald's probably going to come back one more year and see if the Cardinals can just grasp a little bit, tap back into a little bit of where they were during the uh, Bruce Arians' heyday.
0: I don't want to tell Bo what I think because Bo and I disagree as much as two people humanly, humanly possibly can. I think he will come back. I hope it's not with the Cardinals, and 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 let me let me explain really quickly. He's paid his dues. He should get a Medal of Honor, Medal of Medal of everything, Medal of Freedom, everything for staying with this team for as long as he has.
2: (laughs) That's so soft. What's soft? To, I hate when the fan base is like, oh, I just want Larry Fitzgerald to go win a championship. He well, doesn't. I want him to go off somewhere else, anywhere. But he, like, no. Yeah, so here's the thing. The reason here. why.
0: So here's you they, want me to- They've
2: overpaid him for years. <laughs> I mean, it's they've paid him handsomely. It's not like he's suffering here.
0: Bo, you didn't let me finish. Uh, go ahead. I think it would be detrimental to the progress of this team if they gave him 8 9 or $10 million next year out of the big chunk that they have. Because you need to start planning for the future, and Larry Fitzgerald is not a part of this team's future. Correct?
2: He's still the face of the franchise. That still stands for a lot. S-
0: Steve Nash is the face of the franchise of the Suns. He hasn't played with the Suns for 10 years. That's false. Uh, so, yeah, so, and,
1: and when you say Steve Nash, then the Lakers tried to pay him a bunch of money. <laughs> so you can look both ways at who's going to be the next team that steps up and gives that eight to $9 million. And are they really getting that money's worth? I think if I go uh, long term and I'm looking out on this, I think I'm with Alex on this in the sense of I'd like to see him go elsewhere. And I I mean, I think this is coming from an outside observation is I'm like, he did justice down in Arizona. And I'd rather see him go chase a chip than be a part of a a second year building of Rosen and what maybe this transition is going to be with you know, potential new coaches down there and how much money are they going to spend and how are they going to really get this up and running so fast that I can, you know, feel good. And I know Larry Fitzgerald doesn't worry about me feeling good about his sign off, but I'd rather see him in the playoffs and kind of getting the uh, kind of that Cal Ripken around the league clap that, you know, he deserves of, you know, visiting all the parks and, you know, kind of people giving him that send off and hopefully with a deep playoff run. But, Man, that's going to be a fun conversation to listen in with you guys, you know, moving forward and how that really goes. Cause like you said, it hasn't really come up a bunch. So kind of leaning towards him coming back, but a lot to dig into there guys. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break. I got some more questions on the other side about, arizona and the future obviously uh through the draft and other things so uh what we're gonna do take a quick break but before we do i want to talk to you it's, it's week 16 that's blowing my mind of the football season that means that you're running out of time to get in action every single game will matter with huge playoff implications at stakes and i'm talking here for the Rams. sorry guys and but it can go a long way for you guys huge cash prizes in, in DraftKings. Single game fantasy football is the new way to do DraftKings fantasy football, the leader in one day fantasy football. If you're thinking about trying DraftKings, now's the time. DraftKings has finally taken fantasy football from, ju- from just one week to just one game. Makes it a lot easier to draft your lineup. All you have to do is draft six players from a single football game, one captain and five other players. Just remember, your captain earns 1.5 times the point, so Go for value, and if you look at the Rams here, you can go maybe Josh Reynolds, even though that's a struggle. Or you can go for uh, the big points with Todd Gurley if he plays. So uh, lots of different ways to play it. Guys, go to DraftKings.com or download the app. Use promo code LOCKEDIN to enter single-game contests for free. Uh, Me and the boys are going to kind of put together a league this week, so come join us battle us all you got to do minimum deposit of five dollars eligibility restriction apply so check that out and uh i look forward to doing that with you guys this week remember that's draftkings.com or the app we'll be right back we're going to step aside a couple more words from some sponsors right after this all right guys we're back we're talking rams we're talking cardinals we've got Bo, alex and bear on the mic right now Uh, A game that, you know, at the beginning of the season, we really didn't know how this thing was going to shake out. We had pretty good ideas, obviously, with you guys going and getting Rosen. And uh, when was that transition going to happen? It kind of happened as much as I thought uh, early on in the season. Uh, He struggled a little bit. He got pulled last week uh, after a really poor start. Talk to me about where Rosen's at at this point and looking forward, uh, how you think he's going to do with Arizona.
2: It's going to get tough. It's going to be nice reps for the young quarterback. He's going to go up against two teams that are really vying for some. Uh, there, there's playoff implications on the line for both the Rams and the Seahawks. I mean, as we talked about L.A. trying to get back on track. So for Rosen to start these next couple of games, It's going to be paramount for him to really approach it as far as the preparation's concerned, going out there and trying to maybe right this ship that's really gone wrong during his rookie season. So Atlanta was a very big missed opportunity for Rosen to kind of put up some numbers and maybe have a signature start during his rookie season. Because even in Green Bay, the the win that we talked about in the first segment, it wasn't pretty. He did not perform well in that game. I think, what was he, did he complete, was it nine passes in that game? It just wasn't, a, it wasn't something where you're like, oh, okay, there's, the the Cardinals went into Lambeau Field and they beat the Packers because Josh Rosen stepped up and showed his potential as the 10th overall pick. We've only seen a glimmer, just a sliver of what Josh Rosen has as far as his potential is concerned. And when I say that, it's one quarter of play this entire season very it's the fourth quarter against the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> and that's just not enough i mean from what we've seen from the rest of the right. rookie class as, as alex laughs, it, it's 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 comi- it's comical because it's it's that sad it's... A- every
0: time he brings it up we talk about this every day pretty much yeah. he every time he brings it up it reminds me of where we are
2: well i mean it's just when you watch the bills <laughs> play josh allen just has that that second he looks year. comfortable well he looks
0: it looks as comfortable as a rookie quarterback can look
2: I mean, he's got that other part of his game, Mm -hmm. right? And despite the Buffalo Bills not having – probably having equal talent as the Cardinals do at this point in the season, Josh Allen is still out there making plays, doing things where you come away from the game like, wow, that series, that sequence, that play. I love that about Josh Allen. I love that about Lamar Jackson. I love that about Baker Mayfield. I love what Sam Darnold did in a losing effort against the Houston Texans. We don't have that week in and week out from Josh Rosen. We really have to grade on a curve, and the sample size is a lot smaller. It's just like a it's like a 15 yard throw here,
0: mm-hmm. and 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 what, the amount of time we've seen him on the field should have yielded more than three or four great things. It was a 75 yard touchdown pass to start the game in San Francisco. Great, uh, Christian Kirk's faster than than the outside uh, DB. Josh Rosen put it on the money touchdown. Cool. We thought, okay, great. That's the beginning of something great. These guys are going to be awesome, and we've seen flashes. But your Bo's right. The the biggest, uh, I don't know, culmination. The the conglomerate of plays that were that were linked back to back is the fourth quarter against San Francisco in a comeback win. And he has been on the field too much to see so little from him. So, and and Bo and I, and we're not going to do this. Go go ahead. Go ahead. No, of me. I mean
2: I think uh, with with our guy. Brad here on the phone, it's it's a good opportunity for us to tap into although Jared Goff is struggling over the last couple of games. I mean, you watch firsthand Goff's rookie season yeah. where a lot of people came away with not a lot. I mean, a lot so many people are calling him a bust. I mean, it's very similar to what's going on here with Josh Rosen, and that's why this offseason is paramount, man. I mean, it's they have to find they have to make the right decisions as far as the decision makers are concerned. Your front office, your GM, who's going to be your head coach? Who's going to be the offensive coordinator? Who could potentially walk hand in hand with Jar- with Josh Rosen, much like Sean McVay with Jared Goff, and take him to a level that people have already put out of the question, out of out of the conversation. So, I, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, you nailed it in a sense because I was kind of, as you guys were talking, I was like, man, I had a lot of those frustrations early on, too. It was kind of trying to find something to get excited about uh, in the opportunity. And Jared Goff, in a sense, you know, he got the last seven games of his rookie season. Uh, Four of those were with, you know, a special teams coach as a head coach and uh, just a lot of turnover, a lot of mess when he was doing that. But yeah, you're right. Right away you know, stereotype to bust, and then all of a sudden Sean McVay comes in, gets back to more of the rhythm of, you know, the style that he needs, and he starts to excel in the second year. Also, it really helped in his first year, Todd Gurley. That's probably one of his worst years as a Ram uh, as far as production goes. And you look over at David Johnson, 843 yards this year, seven touchdowns. I mean, he's kind of picked it up a little bit, but I mean fantasy owners are, are sitting there screaming at the podcast right now going, no, he has it." Yeah. You know, I mean, they they struggled – to get production and I think that really for a young guy that's important, right? To have a guy that you thought coming into the season you could lean on as far as, okay, let's hand the ball off twenty, twenty five times, work some play action, let this guy, you know, find a couple targets and then pass Larry Fitzgerald who only put up, you know, just over six hundred yards right now. He doesn't have a lot of targets to throw to. So you talk about the off season, you know, who can you bring in to really Help Josh Rosen and, and fit with his personality because you know I, I don't know too much, but just from the draft process and hearing some of the stuff is you know he's probably you know he's a very competitive guy, so you got to find a good personality that can work with him and find a good way to get the best out of him. But then add a couple guys because right now you got you know Gresham as the tight end and you know you need a Ugh. couple more targets that he can look to uh, you know to have that safety net. And I just don't think he has that with the, uh, you know aging Larry Fitzgerald and. And then past that, I couldn't name a wide receiver on your team right now. I mean, it just kind of falls off pretty quick as far as options for him. So he's going to need some help. So the offseason is going to be big for you guys, not only through the draft, but trying to get some free agency. And as we kind of talk about that, we might as well hit all the big names here for you guys because uh, earlier this season, Patrick Peterson basically said, I want out. And then it was like maybe a couple days later, he's like, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I want to go all the way to the end. I want my career to end here. He gets his eighth Pro Bowl, correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, But, you know, what, what does that mean with him moving forward? Is he all in at this point? Or do you still see that maybe the Cardinals will try to make a move and get something for him? Or what's going on with that side of the ball?
0: Uh, Bear, here's the thing. You're triggering every conversation that Bo and I have when we have big uh, arguments. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you're three for three. So what I think is, and, and what I thought, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of waned a little bit since the original uh, smack in the face, where it really came out of nowhere that it was leaked that he wanted to, that he wanted out. And I said, get rid of him. Then see how as much as you can get, get rid of him. It's it's not something that it, it's not something that'll help you in the future if you have a guy that's pissed off that's one of your stars. It, it just isn't. It's it's never proven to be. So what I think, if they can get a first rounder for him in this year's draft. I would make that move before draft day. I don't want to do anything for more in the future. If they could, because because they have, but you said 65 mil around in salary cap space, correct?
2: Yeah, already. I mean, but once they start getting people get, off the books, getting rid of guys like Gresham and Bethay, once you see some veteran contracts leave, it's going to be closer, be closer to 80. Yeah, upwards of 80 million. So you'll have,
0: say you have $75 million to spend in, the, in this offseason, and you have at least one top three pick. Depending on what you want to do with that, if you can get another first-round pick in this draft, that's what a rebuild is, and that's like a perfect storm for money getting right, getting all these getting all these picks in one draft, seeing what can you make of them to move forward. I would do that. Otherwise, you hang on to him for the entirety of his deal, and and hopefully he wants to stay and doesn't become a problem in the locker room.
2: That's loony. So so what we're talking about here, Brad, is we're gonna let Larry Fitzgerald walk and then we're going to trade away our shutdown quarter that's made eight consecutive Pro <laughs> Bowls to start his entire his, his career. And then we're going to trade him right. for a first-round pick, and we're going to expect – so say they take a corner with that pick. Mm-hmm. Is he as good as Patrick Peterson? Nobody makes less money. Oh, well, what's that – they've got ample cap space. They've got close to $80 million. He's already on a decent deal. If you go back and you renegotiate with him and you pay him now and you make him a top-two corner in this league – you're fine. You're not you're not paying the price for that. You've got a shutdown corner. If you're able to expedite this rebuild, then you already have one of the tougher positions to fill in the NFL and that's shutdown corner. I don't it, I don't doesn't make sense to me to get rid of Patrick Peterson, especially if we're talking about Larry Fitzgerald walking out that door. Now you're left with David Johnson as you th- your star power? Do you think Larry Fitzgerald is Patrick Peterson has way more of an impact
0: on the game than Larry Fitzgerald does right now.
2: But I'm talking about his optics for a franchise. You need to have a face of the franchise. The
0: worst thing about this franchise is the optics.
2: So well, you're just going to let your stars <laughs> right. walk. Is that, that's what you're your I One doesn't want to
0: be here. It's completely different that's situations. Not
2: true. He's got a... He's a okay. What, Do so you
0: believe that he's like, oh, just kidding, guys. No, he, the team sucks. Exactly. Nobody's happy. Nobody's so he says, happy. trade me? That's what a real leader does. Get me out of here when it starts getting no, bad. He's,
2: he's posturing for more money because he sees that the Cardinals have a ton of money. He's he's behind Tremaine Johnson as far as the pay scale in the NFL. That's he already absurd. got a big deal, but it's he's gonna five get years one. later. He's got one more left. Brad, sorry you for see? Patrick yeah, Harrison yeah. taking advantage of. No, I love it.
1: I love it. This is this is good stuff, and and I'll kind of put my two cents in here because sure. you're right. If you start to you start to let Patrick Peterson walk or trade him. I'm with you. I think a first round pick is where you have to draw the line. You got to get something of value to let, you know, your best player walk, but then you start looking over and and how much criticism we all gave the Oakland Raiders for letting their all their big guys go, you know, for trading away uh, Khalil Mack even though that money was going to get crazy we get it but then their best offensive weapon and, and you kind of brought that up with saying you know even though he's on you know the the very end of his career Larry Fitzgerald's still the best offensive weapon you guys have right now so yeah if you if you have this offseason and lose Larry Fitzgerald and Patrick Peterson you know you're starting to lose probably a little bit of you know, hope within the fan base as well, and you're still trying to sell tickets. So I think Patrick Peterson does that for you still as far as getting the excitement to bring some people in. And if you can make some of those flashes, that money that you guys talked about, all of a sudden you guys go, okay, well, we've got our star cornerback and we just added a linebacker and now we've got another wide receiver and people start to see that vision of a team coming together oh we got the young quarterback who's gonna you know we're gonna parlay him with a new coordinator or whatever it may be and you can start to kind of build some momentum back in this division but if you hit the full reset button right now it's almost like going back to you know square one as far as drafting mentally and you know the product you put out so Patrick Peterson I think you're right as far as he knows what he's doing he said he wanted out his agent goes dude we can make some money. Look at their payroll right now. Uh, stay here. <laughs> make your money. Or, you know, we, we can get out at a certain point in a couple of years and still do this. So fight through it. And I'm with you. I'm, I've never been big on the I want out of here and then two days later come back and be like, you know what, I'm good to go. And you're like, well, what? No, no, you're not. Don't lie to me. Or, or what's going on here? So uh, I can feel both sides of this, this equation. But as far as, you know, the future of where you guys go, uh, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of storylines in the off season, and that's why I love the NFL draft, and it starts to get even more exciting. A few years ago, I was not really into the draft, but now with a lot of the movement that's gone on and free agency's really picked up and people are kind of starting to get into almost like that basketball style of free agency and, and big dollars and trades and all that. So it makes it interesting. And we've seen teams go from the bottom of the barrel all the way to the top of me. And the Rams a couple years ago had four wins, and here we are back-to-back NFC champions. So uh, it doesn't take long in the NFL if you can do it right. You just got to do it right.
0: Yeah. That voice is Bear Brad Bear modder Locked On Rams, Alex Clancy, Rock Locked On Cardinals. On the other side, I'm going to ask Bear modder if Wade Phillips' job is in jeopardy. That's next on the Crossover Wednesday edition of Locked On Podcast Network. All right, wrap it up here. Alex Clancy Bob Brock locked on Cardinals, Brad Bear Moder locked on Rams. So, the Los Angeles Rams have given up the most points in the NFL over the last 6 games. I believe it's 188, which would equate to over 31 a game if my masters me correctly. Have have there been rumblings in the city of Los Angeles about Wade Phillips and if his defense is finally, you know, if the if the clock has struck midnight?
1: Yeah, that it, we're about there. We're about there right now. We talked about that a little bit on the last couple of podcasts and saying, you know, someone's got to take ownership for this, and you start to, you know, chirp at the players, 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 and then you're like, well, no one seems to be in a the position. It's, there's there's times where we see a lot of missed tackles, but when, the, when a running back gets into that second level, it's just open running, and it's like, you know, I know Wade is a 3-4 guy, but the guys that we've kind of accumulated – you know, will our system be better in a 4-3? Should we mix it up from time to time? Uh, I think what gave him a lot of leeway was early in the season. Our defense struggled in the first half, but when we hit the second half, we, it, he was almost like Mr. Halftime Adjustment. He would go in there, he'd, you know, fix it up, tighten everything up, and we'd come out. We'd play great ball in the second half. And we still are kind of doing that. But uh, at the end of the day, our offense was bailing us out, so it wasn't that big of a deal. It was always like, oh, we gave up 25 points and our defense looked bad. But, hey, look at our offense, man. Jared Goff threw for 500 yards. Oh, 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 And you kind of get distracted because we're winning ball games and our offense was going crazy. Now our offense is sputtering, and it kind of brings that light to the defense because it's like, well, crap, now we can't even. Our defense still sucks. So what's going on here? And you're right. It's, you're starting to turn on where does this go and how high up do you go to kind of – you know, you know, pin it to the, to the ponies, as you say. So I think it definitely, uh, Wade is, I don't want to say in jeopardy because I think they've built something so great with him and Sean McBay and the ownership seems to love everything that's going on. But if there's an early exit and it's at the hands of the defense with an ugly performance, I mean, you never know. Like we just talked about, this is NFL football. Lots of changes happen. Uh, he's getting a little bit older. We're still curious about how much longer he wants to do it. Uh, but at the same time, he comes in. He's, a, he's an amazing guy as far as in his press conferences. He's hilarious. I think he's still enjoying doing it. So uh, I'd like to see him stick around because I think it's really, uh, you know, some of our guys and getting like and Dominican Sue, just a big disappointment so far. You talked about money coming off the books. He's on a one-year deal. I think he's going to go chase money elsewhere. And it kind of is kind of that scratch to do it over and give Wade some other opportunities. But I'd love to see a little bit more adjustments, and that's from both sides of the ball. McVeigh on the offense. Uh, we, we come out on this 11 personnel about 95% of the time. It's been getting shut down the last couple of weeks. Obviously we haven't been using Todd Gurley as much and now he's banked up, but you got to adjust to what they're doing. Everyone knows at this point in the season, what to expect with the offense and defense. So you got to send some more blitzes if you're Wade or, you know, get outside of that 11 personnel. If you're McVay, I know it got us here and, and stay steady with it, but mix in some stuff. Cause right now, the league is starting to figure out both sides of the ball, and Wade, you're right, is one of those guys that uh, wasn't on a hot seat a couple weeks ago, but as the defense has performed lately and, and our offense let us down, he's starting to, his name's starting to float out there as far as complaint forms, I guess you could say.
0: Any other complaints coming out of there? I mean, right when there's you know two losses in a row or there starts to be a little bit of a sputter somewhere, there is, hey, maybe this guy should get some more reps. Like One name that came out to me was Gerald Everett. His name came on the, at least the fantasy football scene midseason last season where it's like this guy if in the right situation uh could be you know a, a Julius Thomas type and we saw that on you know when there was 105 points scored uh, in their win over uh in the win over Kansas City where he had a couple touchdowns and then not much since he he had a couple catches late in garbage time last week
2: but he needs do, to learn to get out of bounds
0: he de- definitely needs to learn
2: <laughs> to get out of bounds <laughs> yeah, that's they that's all
0: 100%. Do. What's the deal with him and uh do people around L.A. see is this a, another mouth to feed that could help this team win?
1: Well, everyone's just really missing Cooper Cup. And, you know, you're trying to think of this three-headed monster that we had with Woods, Cooks, and Cup. And, they, and that was what was really uh, incredible. I think I saw a stat that said our third down efficiency was at like 45% with Cup. And then without Cup, it's down to like 32% over those last handful of games. He was kind of our go-to third down guy. I think teams are playing man on the outside and pressing uh, Woods and and um, Brandon Cooks and saying someone else has got to beat you. And we've had Josh Reynolds has had some production earlier in the season. And, and like you mentioned, that KC game had a really big game. But ever since he's kind of stepped into that third role here, Jared Goff went to him. He had the second most targets last game and. Thankfully, in the second half, finally got some numbers to make it look decent. But in the first half, I think he had like seven targets and one catch for six yards. And he kept going to him because he's going to be open because everyone else is saying we're going to make everyone else beat you. And we've seen where he can do it. He's got great size. He's got pretty good hands. Uh, It's just I don't know if he's got the route running to be that slot or even when we move him on the outside, if he's ready for that. Uh, so it's been a little bit of a disappointment the last couple games for that, but it also comes from our offensive line. I mean, they've played the worst football in the last three games that they played all season. Andrew Whitworth is jumping off sides like crazy in the last couple games, with a lot of mental errors. Sullivan is starting to show uh, that he's kind of hitting the empty gas tank at this point, and especially in the, the later half in his career. I mean, there were multiple times where he just got plowed over uh, last sunday night and when you're getting that pressure on jared goff he's not the most mobile guy he can slide in the pocket and he's done well earlier in the season under a little bit of pressure but these last few games he started to look nervous he's not having that confidence he's, his feet are moving so as the offensive line has really gone down so has jared goff's performance but it really comes to that that third target and whether that's you know we've got two tight ends that can do it with everett and higby they need to step up. And then Josh Reynolds needs to take some of this off those guys because we're not going to go deep in the playoffs with two wide receivers who are great and both have over a thousand yards. But the whole reason we got there was because we had three options that you really didn't know where we're going. And then we threw in Todd Gurley, who we are actually giving the ball to at that point. And it was like, OK, we can stop two of these guys, but the other two guys are going to go off. And it was really hard to pick your poison. Now it's like, all right, let's you take away these two options. They don't really have anything after that that's been super productive. And we're just going to figure out a way to stop Todd Gurley, make them go away from running the football. I mean, we had 10 rushes in the first half, and then we finished with two in the second half to Todd Gurley. So game plan switched. I know we we got down at a certain point, but McVay uh, tends to go to the pass at a certain point. So there's a lot of room for improvement, and there's been a lot of complaint forms rolling around. I think our offense line is one. Uh, that secondary option outside of the two wide receivers and then just giving the ball to Todd Gurley more.
0: Brad, last question for you. Give me your prediction for Sunday in this barn burner of a game that I'm sure we'll see.
1: Oh man, I've been sticking to like saying 30 points or more and the Rams have really let me down the last couple weeks, but I just, I can't see it happening again. And I said that last game, but um, I'm going to have to say uh 34 and let's, go 17. I think you guys are going to do what you've done in the past, put up a couple early points, and then just your offense is going to check out about the second quarter, and that's when the Rams are able to kind of continue on putting up points, and I think maybe a late Rosen interception when they're pushing it down the field, trying to make something happen. Our defense hopefully can get that and go in for six and and help out some fantasy people out there. But I've got 34-17, but then again, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like 26-23 and the Rams win by a field goal because they're just playing with not a lot of confidence right now. It's on the road in the NFL. I know it's still in the division. Uh, These guys are playing upset football, but I've got 34-17, but wouldn't be surprised if it was close.
2: Last three games between these two teams, the Rams have gone over 30 points, Brad. I think that they continue that trend, make it four in a row. Will it be another shutout? Man, I hope not, for our <laughs> sake, watching this game Sunday night, Sunday <laughs> afternoon from the press box. But yeah, remember the 33 nothing international incident, and then you had a uh, 32-16 win uh, last December, and then most recently you had week was it week 2 of the NFL season way back when back when Sam Bradford was still the quarterback of this team I miss him 34 nothing it's not going to get much better i'm going to say that the rams get right Do they even need greg the leg maybe for some pats 35 to 7 rams win this easily 100 to 0 i'm done making predictions man you got the cardinals winning that running away 100
0: to 0 no i i think that this is going to be and, and one question i didn't get to ask you but i i'm assuming the Answer is obvious. If I, I see that the Rams getting up big here and maybe sitting Goff and some of their starters in the fourth quarter, so I'll say thirty-four to ten, final.
1: Well, all right. I would love to sit starters. That would be great. We can got a couple of new guys. C.J. Anderson could get some reps in there and running back and uh Sean Mannion maybe get a few, but. Uh, we'll see how this one turns out. It's always awesome talking to you guys. I appreciate taking the time. Don't forget to go give us a follow at on Rams. I'm at la underscore rambling bear on Twitter. How about you guys? And then we'll say goodbye.
0: I'm at
2: Clancy's Corner and at Locked On AZ Cards. Then follow me at Bob Brack. Easiest way to find it on Twitter for all your Cardinals hot takes or low lights. <laughs> do you hear? Do you hear? Just we're we're defeated here, Brad.
0: We're defeated, Uh, but thank you for joining us, man. This has been another fun one um, on the crossover Wednesday. We'll check you soon, all right, man? All
1: right, take it easy.
0: Thanks, man. That does it for us. Tomorrow, we'll give more of a preview uh, in the upcoming game Sunday with the Rams. Join us on Christmas Eve Eve here in the desert. We'll check you then.